We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. I'm a bit tired today. Didn't have that much sleep. Uh, my energy levels are a bit low, but I'm going to try to rally for you guys doing my best right now. Uh, as usual, if you do enjoy the show, please take a second to give us a like, a subscribe, and hit the notification button. If you're listening on your podcast app, you can also subscribe and leave us a five-star review. That helps the show tremendously. It takes a second to do, and we appreciate every single one of you that does it. Um, we're going to start out the show this week with uh, the biggest news, of course, that came out just last night. Uh, the big price cuts from Tesla overnight, some massive price cuts and some the implication that goes with that. Um few more Tesla news after that, then non-Tesla news, Corvette news, which is pretty rare uh, for us at least. And um, then if you guys have any questions, uh, any subjects you want us to discuss, put them in the comment section below. We are live and we are we welcome your inputs. Uh, I see there's already a few comments with well, some interesting stuff that we can discuss later on. But let's start out with the news this week. So this thing came out uh, late last night. Uh, Tesla announced uh, some, pro well, I say announced, but Tesla never really announces anything, really. Uh, they, they update their configurator, and then we have to figure it out for ourselves. But what we did figure out is uh, some pretty massive price cut. And uh, we're going to focus on the U.S. market here. But uh, those price cuts were felt uh, throughout the every market that Tesla is in, basically. Uh, kind of reflect a little bit what happened in China last week. Now uh, the, the price cuts are propagated throughout uh, the U.S., uh, Canada, and uh, a bunch of European markets, too. Um, the cheapest Tesla vehicle out there, the Model 3, of course, uh, went from $47,000 to $44,000, a $3,000 price cut. And uh, so we're still far from the uh, used to be $35,000. Of course, the, the goal for that car uh, went up a lot over the last two years. Tesla blame inflation, partly. But as we know, the gross margins uh, says otherwise. Model 3 Performance, a $9,000 price reduction. That's uh, significant, but Model 3 Performance, uh, you could argue, was always a, a bit overpriced. And Model Y, that's, that's the biggest one here. And we're talking about the standard Model Y. Well, actually, the long-range Model Y, it's called. Uh, went from $66,000 to $53,000, a uh, $13,000 price, got 20% huge price reduction. Huge. And, of course, Model Y long-range... Even though Tesla doesn't break down their sales per model and per trims of models, I have to assume at this point that it is the best-selling Tesla vehicle in the world, right, Seth? Oh, for sure. Yeah, with uh, now Gigafactory Berlin and Gigafactory Texas, both producing it exclusively at this point. Of course, those factories are still ramping up, but with the kind of volume they were putting out there, on top of, of course, uh, Shanghai, that's producing a ton of them, Fremont. It uh, has to be like close to, closing in on over a million units a year at this point. So a 20% price cut on that is absolutely massive. And in the U.S., that has even bigger implication, of course, because we talked about this Model Y, you know, supposedly being an SUV. So with the new tax increase, uh, tax credit um, revamp that happened this year, it was supposed to, the Model Y was supposed to be eligible up to $80,000 MSRP, but for a bunch of, Weird reason, uh, dumb reasons, really. Uh, the, it didn't make the cut, and the MSRP was capped at fifty-five thousand dollars. But now, with Tesla bringing the price down, not just under fifty-five, but fifty-three, like it, you, you can see that the, it's not just about getting the uh, the tax credit on that car because they, they're literally going below it, and they didn't change the specs like they did in Canada, for example, where they, you know, the software locked the battery pack and shit like that. This is just a pure price cut before applying a $7,500 tax credit on this, this ends up being like a $45,000 car at this point. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. So big difference here. Model Y Performance, uh, also a $13,000 price cut, but it was a little bit more expensive. Model S is back on under uh, $100,000 for the first time. $95,000, a $10,000 price cut. And Model S Plaid, a giant $21,000 price cut, but... Of course, so that's basically a oh, super pricey. car. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, well, it's still pricey, but you would think that if you're in the market for a Model Y, uh, sorry, a Model S Plaid, like it's it's and it's basically a supercar. Are you you going to pay fifteen, uh, like one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars or one hundred thirty five thousand dollars? Is that a big difference? 
Yeah, I guess it kind of helps, though, against like the uh, Porsche Taycan or whatever, something that somebody else would be considering. Uh, yeah, it could be a the, difference maker on that front, possibly. Right. Yeah, and, and the competition, you're right, the competition has been going up in that particular segment with the EQS now, and mm -hmm. the Lucid is starting to get some market share. Uh, Mole X, also giant price cut, now $110,000 versus one hundred and twenty. And uh, same thing for the Plaid, big price cut. So obviously, this is going to have a giant impact on, on, on Tesla sales, uh, especially the Model Y. I think it's going to it's going to blow up in the well, not that it's not already blown up in the U.S., but I think it's going to a lot of people are going to go for it. Like especially even a lot of people that uh, you know a few weeks ago were like, oh, I wouldn't buy a Tesla because of Elon Musk and what he's saying and uh, and all that. A lot of yeah. liberals. Yeah. I think they might be like, all right, okay, but what, what are you going to buy? If you need a car right now, if you need a, a crossover or a small SUV, uh, the Model Y is starting to look extremely attractive. Like it's basically the price of an ID4, and I right. think you get a little bit more bang for your bucks. And right, when, when the prices of the two cars are the same, Elon kind of flips you over. Mm -hmm. But when it's a $10,000 cheaper model Tesla, uh, you're like, yeah, Elon's crazy, but you know, we're going we're gonna to get it anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this is going to have a massive impact, but it's going to have a massive impact on sales and on gross margin, obviously. Like, I mean, I don't know how much money Tesla was making on the standard Model Y at $66,000. Um, $66, I would assume that was probably a, a big gross margin maker at that price. Uh, but now a 20% price cut on that, I would, I would have to assume that... Uh, this is, we're going to see a big difference. But I think one of the interesting things here is that Tesla, because it has an industry-leading gross margin, it can afford these price cuts. Like Tesla is still going to make money on all of these cars. A lot less money for sure. We're not going to see a 25% gross margin anymore from Tesla. Like You can forget about that. I'm curious to see what it's going to be like in uh, Q4 with the discounts. But of course, the discounts came in at the end of the quarter, just mainly for December. Of course, Tesla delivers a lot of cars in, in December, but uh, I would assume probably we're going to see it closer to 20% in Q4. Now that the real question is going to be in Q1, uh, man, I could see the could it even dip below 10%, you think? I don't know. 10% seems like a, a good guess, uh, maybe 10, 15%. Because it's not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so the bigger picture thing for me is that uh, this kind of divides the Tesla community in half because you have the the Tesla stockholders who are like, don't do this. We like the gross margin. We like the big, you know, the big numbers. We want to, we want Tesla, you know, to make the stock price to go back up. And then there's people, and I think I include myself in this area, who are kind of like Tesla fans in the mission, which is like, hey, we want to try to sell more electric vehicles to more people. And this is probably going to like reverberate across the industry. Uh, I think everybody else is going to kind of have to tighten their margins a little bit as well. So a lot more electric vehicles are going to be sold now. Prices are going to start starting to come down, equalize with gas cars. So I don't know. I think it's a good thing. Uh, and, you know, I'm sorry that price is going to go down. And I think in the long run, that this is going to be good for Tesla because they're going to increase the market share quite a bit. They're going to you know, a lot more people are going to be under the Tesla umbrella. It's just going to be a big, you know, a growth opportunity for Tesla. So I don't know. And, and we know Tesla has the coffers to, to withstand also like, I mean, oh, I'm sure. not saying that they, they would go negative on, on the gross margin, but they, they can, they can take a hit on this. And with the market being a lot more competitive right now and possible economic downturn happening, we're a situation where Tesla could potentially even push people out of the market at this point. I think. Right. Because a lot of like a lot of like companies like GM and and uh, I'm not saying that GM would be out of the market, but they have admitted that they are having issues making money on selling electric cars right now, and they plan to be able to make money once they have a, a significant ramp up to uh, in production volume toward 2024, 2025 around that time. Ford said the same thing. M most of them said the same thing. I think Volkswagen is. A little bit uh, earlier, I think. Have they said that they're already making money on their cars? I think so. Uh, I mean, or it, it kind of goes kind of goes back and forth. I, I think they say they're going to make money, and it's always like we're going to make it on the next. Whatever. Yeah. 
so, that, so yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, this could be kind of like a you know a big move on Tesla's part to kind of weed out the competition uh, because Tesla can make tons of vehicles at at scale uh, at a very low price comparatively, and if uh, they make enough vehicles that are low priced, then the Mach-E's of the world and the um, you know, Chevy Equinoxes and the uh, ID fours aren't going to be as appealing, and maybe those never get to scale. Yeah, that that's the big question because right now, if there's an EV price war, and there's never really been an EV price war because the demand has always exceeded production significantly, I think I think Tesla win that war. But that's like, especially the cars that you just mentioned, like the Equinox, like that's, that's definitely like a, like a good contender if there's a price war because a $30,000 SUV with that kind of range, it is attractive. Um, Tesla doesn't have anything that's in that price range right now. So it's not even like really a direct competitor, but still I can see a lot of people right now that they're willing to splurge on a, on a Model Y that if an Equinox was available to them right now, they maybe not go for that too. Um, but then you might get those people even before the Equinox come right now because maybe that the, the price is attractive right now. And with the gas saving that you get between now getting a Model Y, which you can get within a month or two at this point, uh, it's better than getting a, get, getting an Equinox and who, who knows when at this point. Here's an interesting scenario. Uh, you know, Tesla typically doesn't do all their price changes at once. They kind of go, what if this is like the first salvo? And then in, you know, two weeks or a month, they drop it another, you know, 5,000, 10,000 bucks. And then oh, they get that, yeah, back to 35,000. I mean, the China Model 3 is 35,000. 35,000 <laughs> 35, yeah, for Model 3. Well, but that's the Model 3 that it's built in Shanghai. So unless they import it. And well, actually, there was rumors about that that, that could potentially happen. But I don't know right. the implication in terms of the import fees. But yeah, I, I think I think Tesla's Model Three built in Fremont are a lot more expensive than the one in Shanghai. I would think. Not, not I would. I mean, we know they're I more expensive that, yeah. to purchase, but to uh, cost of making. But that what you just said is a great transition to the, our next post that we want to discuss, where Tesla actually commented on the pricing, uh, the price decrease, which is extremely rare. For I know people are 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 very tired of me talking about Tesla not having a PR department and how that's hurtful and all that. But Tesla doesn't have a PR department in the US or a global one, but it still has some PR people in certain market, including Germany. And uh, the European or our European colleagues managed to get a comment from them. And uh, the spokesperson said, at the end of a turbulent year with interruption to the supply chain, we have achieved a partial normalization of cost inflation, which gives us the, I cannot even say it without laughing, which gives us like the confidence to pass the relief onto our customers. So that's like as much bullshit that I can think of for, of an answer. Like, I don't know you what you're trying. Yeah. <laughs> I got it right. Yeah, I did, right? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's just not true. Like, it, it, they basically erased two years of, like you said, more gradual price increases. It's not like big ones um, that they blamed on the increased inflation. But at the same time, as we noted, we saw at the same time that uh, the gross margin kept going up with those price increases. So uh, at one point, you have to ask yourself a question. It's like how much is inflation being countered with the price increase versus uh, Tesla just putting more money in their pockets? And now you're basically erase those entire two years of uh, in price increases supposedly due to inflation because there's a partial normalization of cost inflation, which is like as much of a, like a politician answer that you can get. So obviously this is not true. Uh, we, we've discussed some serious indication that Tesla was having some demand issues. And uh, that is obviously what's explaining these price decrease right now, these massive price cuts. And the, the number one indication for that is that the last two quarters, Tesla had uh, the biggest discrepancies between the vehicle produced and vehicle delivered. It ever had uh, 20,000 in Q3 and uh, as much as uh, 50,000, I think, in, uh, in, in Q4. So like that's uh, building up for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. So there's a giant buildup of inventory. So not enough buyers. What, what are you going to do? You, you cut prices. That, that's what happened. So I don't, I don't know who they're fooling with that statement, but uh, uh, certainly not us, certainly not electric readers, I hope. <laughs> All right, next up. Um, yeah, d- despite those uh, demand issues, uh, so the Tesla fans don't, don't, don't get on us too much on that, uh, Tesla is still like obviously extremely dominant in the market. In the EV market in the US, it still owns over 60% of the market, which is absolutely incredible, which is why we talk about Tesla a lot, obviously. Uh, but now uh, Tesla regained the title of the top luxury auto brand in the US from uh, foreign automakers for the first time. So for over the basically a quarter of a century, foreign automakers held the titles of uh, the, the, the number one luxury brand in, t- in terms of uh, volume, sales volume in the U.S. I'm talking about Audi, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, uh, Lexus, and, and companies like that. I mean, that's what people think of when they think of luxury. Of course, you have some American brands, of course, Cadillac and, and things like that, but Lincoln but yeah. those are, in terms of volumes, like you wouldn't be surprised that those don't come close, really. Well, I, I mean, no, no, they don't come close. <laughs> I just like, really looking at the list. No, they don't. So last year, well, no, I guess last year is 2022. So in 2021, uh, Tesla came uh, 23,000 units from getting the title. It was number two to BMW. But in 2022, now it gained a title and by a massive margin to with that's what we have to be careful about because obviously the Tesla deliveries are an estimate because Tesla is, again, not very transparent with their information. So we have to use like registration data and, and just estimates to, to know how many cars they delivered in the U.S. in 2022. But regardless of your estimate, the most, most estimates put it uh, around 500,000 units last year. And BMW delivered 332,000 vehicles in the U.S., so it's not it's not even close. Even if you were wrong by 100,000 vehicles on Tesla deliveries in the U.S., would still uh, Tesla would still be number one. So this is a great accomplishment by Tesla. Congratulations to everyone involved because I know that takes a ton of work. Now the who, next thing though is like quick, when is, real quick though, yeah, go uh, ahead. who go was ahead. the who was the American brand in 25 years ago that? Uh, was it Cadillac? You think? Or yeah, I actually, actually don't know. I, I didn't think of looking it up. But Chrysler, you would put Chrysler as a as a luxury brand? No, not really. I mean, they had yeah, some kind of sort of stuff twenty five years ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because because Dodge was like the low one, and then Plymouth was the mediocre. I don't know. Yeah. No, Cadillac would make more sense probably. I mean, it was the it was the nineties. I don't know how popular Cadillac was in the 90s, though. Kind of hard to think. All right, let's move on to uh, Autopilot hardware. So any day now, Tesla could be revealing this new Autopilot hardware suite, uh, sensor suite, really, and possibly a new computer because generally those two come together. Uh, we're basing that, of course, on Tesla uh, last month. We we learned that they were going to release a new radar inside the vehicle, which was a big surprise, obviously, since Tesla removed the radar a few years ago to focus on their vision-based uh, computer vision system uh, for Autopilot. Now, radar being bring, brought back into the mix, it, it sort of pointed to somewhat of a significant update to the hardware suite. So now... And on top of that, we saw the Model 3 prototype, too, that uh, seemed to have cameras embedded in the, the headlights, uh, though it wasn't completely clear. But these were the two main indications that something was going to happen. And Tesla made it clear that the radar is coming in January, so it could be any day now. Uh, now, in uh, in China, and China is a very good indication of uh, Tesla updating these kind of things, because uh, normally any kind of uh, production update goes through uh, Gigafactory Shanghai first. And, uh, and this time, the, some regulatory filings for Tesla bringing a new version of the Model 3 into production shows update to the uh, sensor, the suite of sensor, primarily the front-facing camera. So right now, the front-facing camera hub has uh, three cameras in it, and it's uh, fairly low-resolution 1.2 megapixel cameras. And uh, now it's apparently being updated to two cameras. So they're removing one, but it's going to be higher-resolution cameras. So uh, 
and and still one is going to be one is going to be at least higher resolution. The other one is going to be a field of view cameras, which there already is a field of view cameras on on one, uh, but it's going to have uh, more uh, pixels. Then they're also updating the uh, heater, heating system, fan inside that hub. Um, we don't know exactly what's going to be the impact of that. Of course, there's already like a heating system in there. Like anyone that's uh, left their their car in the snow for a while, you, you see like. Uh, you, of course, you can also start your uh, cabin climate control system remotely. But if even if you don't, the cam the, the top of your windshield still uh, melts the snow. And, but they are adding some of that into the B pillar cameras too. So of course, you have cameras on each side on the B pillars. Those are also going to have a little eating system with a fan. Uh, so that's going to be useful. And there's no mention of that headlight and bumper camera. So that might throw some cold water on that plan. Uh, we don't know for sure. Like it, it might be just missing from that filing, uh, or maybe they're going to start with that and then the update's going to come later. We know that Tesla is not, sometime Tesla will bundle a lot of updates together and release it into like a refresh version of the car. And obviously the Model 3 has been rumored to get a significant refresh. But sometimes they will also incrementally release uh, new hardware, new product inside the vehicles gradually whenever they're ready for production. So this might be it. This might be a bigger one. We, we don't know for sure. But it's certainly creating a lot of concern for people that... Uh, is this going to be an update that's going to be needed to achieve self-driving or is it something that's just supplemental and Tesla still uh, plans to reach full self-driving capability with the current hardware? That's, that's the big question. And we don't have the answer to, and I, I kind of have a feeling that Tesla doesn't have the answer to that either. Yeah, we don't know when. <laughs> but it's a weird time to buy a Tesla right now because like, if you bought one, yeah. last, if you bought one last week, you just lost $20,000 Model Y base model. Uh, that sucks. Not twenty thousand. I guess you would. If you bought it last week, you lost thirteen thousand. If you bought it two weeks ago, well, then Tesla was giving you money. Anyway, like, well, yeah. You, I mean, you lost thirteen thousand. I mean, still 000. the Model Y. The Model Y is going to be uh, like seven thousand dollars almost. Right, but it's it went down. It went down thirteen thousand last week, and you you so wait. You couldn't get the the tax rebate on the base Model Y last week, right? Oh no! Yeah, yeah, you're right. Technically, it is a thirteen thousand dollars difference than whatever because they were offering the seventy five hundred dollars direct discount, but right. you couldn't get the tax credit. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, was... it's a big loss. Like mm -hmm. uh, maybe people start rioting like they did in China. I hope not. <laughs> uh, although it does suck. Um, but then there's also the hey, is the radar set and you know, and is the uh, full self driving that I'm buying going to be you know, upgraded in like the next three weeks. Uh, maybe I should wait until that comes out. Uh, so it's, it's like a weird time to buy, like it's enticing, obviously with the price cuts, but then you have this other thing that's coming down the pike soon and you're like, eh, maybe I should do that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, it's a question that comes up a lot with Tesla since they don't do the model year too. So whenever there's a potential of a new, uh, feature, a new upgrade coming up, everyone wants to, uh, time their purchase accordingly but uh yeah i mean the the big impact too is on the used car market and actually that that might be what also kind of triggered this whole thing because this uh we we've been tracking used car prices and they've been going down lately but when i say lately maybe over the last two months on tesla vehicles and they used to be like super high like if you remember uh, around this time last year sometimes used cars were more expensive than new cars for tesla because the wait list for the Model Y was like eight months to a year. Um, now it's not the case anymore. So, uh, and and so now if you were like looking to upgrade your car too, and you were uh, you wanted to use uh, trade in your Tesla, like that's that's going to have a big impact. Like be be uh, aware of that. Yep. And you should also mention like the price of everybody's Tesla has gone down a little bit right now because the price, you know, the, the things like when you cut $20,000 off the price of a car, uh, the used value of the car also goes down because people are exactly. weighing, should I buy a new one? Should I buy a used one? So all of us Tesla owners probably lost 10 grand last night. Yep. Bummer.
I mean, uh, yes, and no, like for, for me, like my model three is, is 2018, so the impact is not, right. <laughs> it's been going down for a while now. Uh, the autopilot safety report are coming back. Uh, so that uh, we, we used to report that quarterly because Tesla would release them quarterly. And for all of 2022, they, uh, they disappeared. Uh, and we couldn't, we didn't know why. But of course, we're not exactly surprised to because as I just, I just said, the, um, Tesla is kind of known to be not the most transparent company on there. Uh, and also, anyway, the, the 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 reports were being kind of trashed a lot just for like the the data not being super useful. But I always argue that uh, even though the data is not uh, the best example of like how safe Tesla vehicles on autopilot are, it's still a good data to track over time. So you can just compare it quarter over quarter. Actually, more maybe it's better year over year because quarter over quarter the changes with the season. Obviously, like right now, you're gonna get more accidents per mile just because it's the winter. So wherever it's cold, there's snow and everything, it's more dangerous. And even where it's not cold, uh, just the daylight uh, time being less, that also has an impact on on safety. Uh, there's just more accident at night too. That's just what happens. Uh, but somehow Tesla decided to bring it back and uh, starting with the third quarter of 2022. So they are a quarter behind, uh, but they released it. And uh, looks like they might have released it because uh, there's uh, <laughs> it looks like there's an improvement to it, uh, at least. Uh, if you see here, we're talking about over 6 million miles driven before an accident when autopilot technology is involved. And uh, that went down to 5 million in Q2. Q2, hmm, not sure why in Q2. But now it's back up in Q3 over, over 6 million. And uh, compared to when Tesla stopped reporting it, that was over 5 million and, and uh, 4 million for 5 million for Q3. So year over year, a decent increase. Uh, of course, Tesla also changed the way that they reported it. Before they would do uh, things like um, while using autopilot technology, or not, not even that, they were, while using autopilot. Then, while using um, safety features auto that are enabled by autopilot, but it are not autopilot itself, like um, for example, the the, uh, the, the lane keeping feature or the uh, um, automatic emergency brakes and, and things like that, uh, and then they would say Tesla vehicle without autopilot whatsoever. Now they're just bundling everything together. And at this point, too, what's weird is like, is FSD involved in that? FSD beta? We, we don't even know. Like, if it, FSD beta, in my opinion, is sort of an autopilot technology, but Tesla doesn't make the difference for now. So I'm not, I'm not so sure. But the, there, there is some improve, improvement. So that's uh, encouraging on that front. And obviously, when, when I say the data is not good, the main thing that's not good about the data is uh, that. Uh, and, and now that's where FSD beta kind of throw things, uh, to throw a wrench into this, is is that autopilot is mainly used on the highway. And on the highway, you can get a lot more mileage before you get an accident. So it kind of skews with the data when you compare that to, for example, Tesla vehicles without autopilot. Or, of course, they compare that to all vehicles also in the U.S. And all vehicles in the U.S. don't just drive on the highway. And city driving is more dangerous in terms of accident, even though it can be like a smaller accident, obviously. Uh, but now with FSD beta being used on city street, is that does that had city street driving to the autopilot technology? I don't know. Tesla doesn't let us know. Yep. All right, quick take here on the uh, new million square foot building that Tesla acquired in, or at least leased, and they secured a lease on it in um, Brookshire, Texas. So that's just outside of uh, Katy, which is just outside of, I'm always having an issue with that one. Is that Houston? Houston? Houston. 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 Houston for the town and Houston for the street in New York. <laughs> Got it. Same word, same spelling. I'm, I'm going to ask you again next time that we mention it. Okay. <laughs> just letting you know. So Tesla obviously has been expanding a lot over the last uh, two years in Texas with Gigafactory Texas in Austin. And then there's, um, of course, they moved the uh, headquarters there at the same location. Then more recently, we heard, learned about the lithium refinery that Tesla is building in Corpus Christi. Now in Brookshire, Texas, uh, it's a million square foot building. So it's a big facility here. 
it's not exactly clear. Like Tesla didn't say what they're going to do in it, but we looked into uh, there already. There already two um, job two, two jobs openings for the location. And looking at the job description, it sounds like it's both a warehouse and a production facility for battery materials. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be just a warehouse because one of the job openings mentioned cell materials production area. So um, sounds like there's going to be production there. Cell materials can be anything, can be anode, cathode, electrolyte. Uh, I have no idea. But that's an interesting one because Tesla, uh, what's interesting is like we see Tesla literally building like a whole battery cell supply chains in Texas because you have lithium refinery. Obviously, that's going to be a big deal. Um, then this in Houston, just a few uh, hundred miles away. And then everything is converging in Austin at Gigafactory, Texas where Tesla is actually building the, the cells. And also there's a cathode production facility there too. That is under construction. It's not actually producing right now. Uh, last Tesla news before we move on from Tesla news people. Uh, just one quick one. After that, we're gonna get into your comments. I see a lot of bunch of comments already. Uh, if you guys have any questions, just put it in the comment section right now or any subjects you wanted to discuss related to uh, the EV world this week. Uh, this is a white paper that I found from Tesla about uh, solar inverters. So it's basically, uh, we said and I discussed this in the, in the newsroom uh, earlier this week, but uh, there's, they call it a white paper, which is normally a little bit more like scientific focus and everything, but it could be easily confused for a sales brochure too. Uh, just based on the way it's done. But at the same time, the data is still accurate, most likely. Um, it seems to be at least. Where Tesla is basically pitching why they are doing a string inverter uh, uh, instead of using, uh, how they call the ML, uh, the micro inverter, which is, uh, micro inverter is uh, end phase, right? Yep. And uh, then you have the inverters with optimizers from uh, Solar Edge, of course, which is, uh, uh, is Solar Edge industry leader right now? And Phase and Solar Edge are always like boop, boop, boop. Just so, Solar Edge is ahead, I think, in um, yeah. residential installs. They're based out of Israel, and they have uh, and you know Tesla's installed tons of Solar Edge inverters, so they're they're kind of the de facto mm -hmm. residential. Yeah, so that's that's the the weird thing too. Obviously, Tesla has been a solar installer for a while using those products. But of course, last year they introduced their own solar inverter and it has slowly been uh, selling it to its own installation. Uh, we reported lately that Tesla has been sort of expanding, focusing more on third-party installer to their certified Tesla installer program. And now they are selling their own uh, inverter to them and they are looking to be a, like a significant competitor to Solar Edge and Phase, which is a huge market, obviously. And uh, this is basically, uh, again, they call it a white paper, but it's basically a sales pitch for, for that inverter here. And um, so the, the pitch is Tesla admits that uh, the, the output, the production output is going to be less than with the uh, optimizer solution that Solar Edge sells. Uh, they claim 1% to 2% less. I didn't find anyone that could argue against that. I also reached out to Solar Edge and asked them if they have any like, comment on that because uh, like giving them the opportunity to to counter it, but they did not. And, um, but they claim that the levelized cost of energy, so the actual cost of your, your entire system, well, before that, even the inverter equipment costs, apparently it's significantly cheaper, uh, 14 to uh, $1,800 cheaper at the upfront cost. And then over time, when you levelize that to a production of the system, <clears throat> excuse me, Production of a system, which uh, uh, what's the, normally it's, you calculate on twenty five years, I think is the average warranty, right? Uh, average warranty, but usually you can make your money back, you know, ten to twenty years, even sooner. Yeah, but since the yeah, since uh, they probably calculate through the entire warranty, since that's what's his. Uh, I think sometimes, promise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they they expect like depending on the system, that's going to be six to fifty percent better uh, than. Um, than going with the optimizer solution or micro inverter solution. And they also claim some reliability. I'm sorry, I'm having some issues with that word. <laughs> reliability improvement. Uh, so basically improved lifetime of the system and uh, 
that's obviously a big deal if it, if it turns out to be true like uh, obviously the, the inverter has been on the market for two years now so uh, we don't have a lot of real world data on that right. but um, but if that turns out to be through that that's great because obviously when you install a solar system on your house so a house is obviously a long-term asset that you amortize amortize and uh, you you don't want to have to reinvest into the solar system you just want like okay like now i have a house and it has solar don't have to worry about my electricity. Of course, depending on your solar system's output and your own energy consumption, that can that can always change. But yeah, you can uh, read the whole paper on Electric. Uh, we 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 shared it right here. If you're into that stuff, of course, it's really uh, inside baseball stuff. It's not for for everyone, but I thought it was interesting. And um, and yeah, also what I thought was interesting is like Tesla in the paper, they focused a lot on their ecosystem thing. Like everything is like we have, uh, I think, did I put the, yeah, uh, like one app to commission the system and one app to manage everything. I think Tesla is, I'm seeing a lot of evidence that Tesla is moving into, the, they just, they want, they don't necessarily want to be the installer of everything like they used to. Because that's just harder to scale. But if they can sell the power wall or the solar inverter or both, they own the brain to those energy system inside your home. And if they do that, well, all your energy is managed through the Tesla app. If all the energy is managed through Tesla app, then they can include you or they can offer you to be included into either a virtual power plant like they've done in California or now uh, the more recent product that's I think that's gonna, what we're going to see Tesla do long term, Tesla Electric that they've been doing in Texas where they are an actual energy retailer. Tesla owns your energy plan and works with uh, the grid, the, the, the local electric utilities to uh, sell you electricity by managing your own, own electricity through that system. So this, uh, I, th I think this is going to be the future. So we're going to see Tesla more and more trying to sell its solar inverter to solar installer with or without Powerwall. And that, that's going to be the, the new Tesla electric, the new Tesla energy business. Makes sense. I mean, they, you know, hiring local people all over the country, all over the world, that's hard. That's, that's uh, you know, not, not as lucrative. Uh, but having your system all over the world controlled by one, you know, controlled by one central uh, database, I think that's that's the way to go. That's the high margin stuff right there. So makes sense. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk a bit of Corvette. <laughs> it's not often we talk Corvette on Electrax, and so and actually, uh, so. Uh, yeah, there's not much you can tell us about this, right, Seth? You're kind of limited. Aren't so you? here, here's my fear, uh, is what, uh, how I'll put it. My fear is that they're going to put such a small battery. So Te Chevy teased the 2024 all-wheel drive, which is nice, uh, Corvette E-Ray, and they're going to have a New York City reveal uh, this coming week. Um, but they're calling it the e-ray because it does have an electric system but uh they didn't mention anything about plugs we didn't see a plug in the in the uh teaser so if that's the case if there's no plug then it's a mild hybrid at best and it's going to have a very small battery now officially we don't know for sure but you know obviously if we did know uh and you know that would be disappointing if it was a hybrid and <clears throat> you know it, if it had a really small battery, like even less than two kilowatt hours, that would be hugely disappointing. Uh, but you know, we don't know this stuff yet. It's just, it's just quite frustrating that, uh, you know, that this isn't kind of a plug in hybrid and even more so like it, it's gotta be frustrating for Chevrolet to say, all right, Hey, we're putting everything at this car, a Corvette, and it barely beats a Model Three performance that you can buy for forty thousand bucks, you know. Like, and it's a you know a sedan, and it barely can beat you know a Porsche Taycan. Um, it can't beat a Porsche Taycan actually, uh, and it obviously isn't going to come up close to a Plaid, Tesla Model S or X. So, you know, to me, it's like, why are you guys even messing with internal combustion engines in your high performance cars at this point? Like, they're just going to get slaughtered. Uh, you know, electric cars are quieter, 
less vibration, less, you know, all the, all the bad things, less of, um, obviously range would be nice on a internal combustion engine vehicle, but everything else is pretty much, uh, better on electric. So it's just frustrating to see them try to capture people's interest with an E-Ray and then, you know, likely it's not going to really have much electric motor to it at all. So that's my, that's my not saying that I know anything. Yeah. I mean, let's, let, <laughs> I've heard some things to the grapevines and right. uh, I, I'm having a tough time caring about that car, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so they say 2024. So that's going to come out later this year, like late this year, I guess. That's yeah. the, the plan. Yeah. Like, he, who cares about like a hybrid, like supercar in, in late 2023? Who, who cares about it in early 2023? Right. <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, I see them saying, oh, we should have made this an electric vehicle. It's, let's call it the E-Ray or something. But it's kind of like those Ferraris that go really fast because uh, there's a little, a little electric motor and a little bit of a battery that during acceleration, it, it speeds up, but it's not going to beat a plaid. It's not going to beat a, a Taycan. Um, so, you know, what's the point? Like, why, why are we even talking about this thing? I agree. Let's move on. All right. <laughs> All right. Can I click on this? All right, let's go. All right. Uh, the I-Pace got a, a little sleek facelift this week. And our dynamic models. Actually, I didn't look too much into that though, so I'm gonna have to. Uh... That's yeah, a new one. So it looks nice. Uh, the lights are nice. Uh, it's a it's a nice upgrade. I I often forget about the iPace. Like iPace was <laughs> early. Uh, it had like it was great for off roading, which it was not really yeah. a thing for a while. Um, the I think you drove one and you had you had some problems with the uh, center stack, like the. Uh, Oh, it was just awful, uh, right. awful user experience inside the inside the car. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean the update is uh, like sleek is a good word for it. I think especially, I mean the is there a back end picture on this? I don't think so. No, because the the back end of the iPace was always more of. Uh, uh, I guess it looks like on this one here, I felt like uh, the the B pillar situation and uh, is that the C pillar is a little bit different. But uh, from from the side view, I have to say that uh, looks pretty much like the old one to me. Yeah, I think it's mostly just uh, you know the lights and that front grille thing. All right, in terms of the specs, uh, is there that much difference? I don't. Not from the drivetrain, which is really frustrating. Yeah. 90 kilowatt hour that was already it uh so what's this our dynamic model thing uh do we do did we go into the details about that because uh i'm not familiar i assume that has to do with uh jaguars uh like performance naming or something well uh, doesn't look like they didn't release any details on it no all right then our, our last piece of news before we get into the comment section and uh, that's coming in a few minutes or however long we're going to spend on this, which is also not the most exciting. Yeah. Uh, it's the Mazda MX-30. This uh, beautiful 100-mile EV is coming back. Uh, so rejoice. <laughs> yeah, rejoice. Rejoice. The, the three people are going to want to buy this. Uh, so they, they sold 105 units. No, f- sorry, 505. Which yes. is actually impressive, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, when, when there's a Chevy Bolt sitting there that goes two and a half times farther, costs less. I don't know. It just doesn't seem. I mean, some people like, I guess, the, uh, I don't know, the, the suicide doors. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, uh, we, have, we have some late breaking news that they actually, uh, the PHEV version of this. Where they're going to put a little Wankel rotary engine in it uh, for uh, generating more mileage, but it actually has a smaller battery somehow. So that's uh, that's some news there, I guess. Late breaking news. Yeah, uh, I got an increase in price of seven hundred bucks to thirty four. Also impressive that they would yeah. increase the price. 
not the not the range. <laughs> They're like, what do the customers want? They want to pay more. They want to go 100 miles. That's fine, but too too cheap. All right, should we jump into the comments section? Let's do it. All right, a uh, couple guys jumped on before we even started. Igor uh, Grubzik. Uh, Fred, would you return FSD package for a full refund of original price? And he's estimating that's around $5,000. Or would you keep it given the choice? I mean, I, like, that's not a fair question at this point because, like like you said, Igor, the original price that I paid for it was was I mean I don't remember exactly, but probably around five k, like like you said. So if I had paid like ten 15. between ten and fifteen, like which was over the last year year and a half or something that that's been around that price, uh, yeah, probably I would prefer at this point having uh, ten to fifteen k in my pocket rather than the just hoping that they actually deliver on that on that promise now with five thousand dollars it's kind of a gamble that i'm willing to take like uh, i don't like uh, also the con like if i was just a regular owner it'd be different probably to be honest now you have to take into account that like i'm a reporter and i report on tesla and i report on the fsd program and it is useful for me to have a, a car that has the fsd beta in it so you have to take that into account too, and that's probably worth five k. I would assume. Yeah, he didn't ask me, but uh, if I had paid, a lot, <laughs> I would uh, give it back. Um, I'm not. The problem is, is I'm not using it right now, and I guess at some yeah. point in the future, it could be worth it. But I don't know. Uh, moving on, Doug Grinberg's uh, Elon API debacle breaking third-party Twitter apps. No official word, terribly unprofessional. Uh, so I think he's talking about uh, TweetBot not working. Uh, shocker. I'm, I think that's not a surprise to anybody. All right. Uh, Nana Holt says, massive Elon flex. No more Mr. Nice Guy on the price drops. Um, yeah, that's kind of, it could turn out that way, yeah. What do you think? Is it a flex? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand that comment, to be honest. Uh, I think it's about the price drops. Like, uh, yeah, but, but what was that? What does it, what does it mean? It's that, that he's like Elon's saying, I can I can go lower on prices than anybody else. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. All right. Jonathan Root, weird how some people in the Tesla community praise price hikes as strengthening demand, while on the other end, praise price cuts while saying it's not demand-related. Well, I mean, that you, you're just highlighting the fact that there's a lot of irrational Tesla fans out there, uh, which we already knew about. Like, there is a core group of Tesla super fans, especially on Twitter, that no matter what Tesla is going to do, it's going that is the right move to do right now. Exactly. And they cannot criticize it whatsoever. And Elon is loving those people like crazy right now, and is and and an, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the word right now. Empowering them, like or. or like he's, he's giving them some clout online. Yeah, yeah, literally on uh, Twitter and stuff. All right, uh, moving on. In New Jersey, there's the New Jersey Charge Up Initiative incentive that takes off four thousand dollars more and no sales tax. So the Y long range is forty one thousand dollars in New Jersey out the door. Yeah, that's true. There, there's other New York has two thousand. I think California's got a couple thousand. Colorado, some other states, yeah. some. Uh, electric utilities have incentives as well, so it's going to be a good time to buy, regardless. You have to have year. a New Jersey address, well, uh, or no, <laughs> no, right. you can just kind of Vermont address, but uh, not helpful there. No, I'm saying, do you need a New Jersey address to? Oh yeah, you do. I mean, you you need to pay New Jersey taxes. Uh, Adrian Tatum says, looking at the inventory prices, the base price for the Model Three Long Range is forty nine thousand nine ninety before the tax credit. Uh, so I think he's saying that the inventory prices haven't dropped uh, with the uh, with the uh, new car prices. I haven't checked that out. That one, that might be just a delay issue and that, that might come in a second. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Root, these price cuts were Elon's way of apologizing to liberals. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't see that happening. No. The price cuts come straight out of margin. That's true. And any recent efficiencies. Wouldn't the growth in sales have to be massive to offset? They would be, but... No, it won't. Impossible. Like, there's not going to be... Like... Tesla is going to produce whatever it can produce right now. Like it's like I don't think it, they, they, if they do try to throttle production, it's going to be minimal. So what, how, whatever economies of scales that they can achieve, they they have achieved, or the, the bulk of it at, at least has been achieved already. So we can forget about that. There might be, like you said, some efficiencies improvement over time that that happens, uh, but obviously not twenty percent of the cost of the Y, like that, that's why I, I, I cannot believe that the, that, that spoke person thought it was a good idea to put that comment out there because who's going to believe that a partial normalization of inflation is going to release a 20% improvement in price and costs really uh, in the mall. Why? Like you need to be, I don't want to say it, but uh, dumb to, uh, <laughs> to believe that. Nice one. Uh, yeah, or maybe you just haven't really thought about it much and you're not in the business. Oh, you're um, one of those oh, Tesla super fans, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Adrian Tatum says, okay, this is going to be controversial. I think the Model 3 will get yet more price cuts. So that that kind of, that's something I, I think is possible. In the next few months, seven to 10000 this will serve as sort of a bridge to the new $25,000 question mark that will probably be announced in March. I don't know about that. I mean, it might be onto something. I don't know about the twenty-five thousand uh, dollar car being announced in March. I don't know about that, but there is, and we've seen Tesla do that before. Um, especially if the new, the refresh Model Three comes comes out soon, which we we do think it's going to happen um, probably end of Q one. And if that's introduced with uh, especially casting improvement like Model Y. Uh, that 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 does bring the cost down somewhat significantly, so you, you can uh, you, you can achieve s- some improvement to that. I don't know thirty five thousand dollars, but it does make a ton of sense. And we've seen Tesla do that before, where they come out with either a lower price, uh, j- just a price reduction, or a lower price new version of a car, and then they release a new car, or they say that the new car is coming, like they they unveil it. And so a lot of people would want that, but then with the new lower price version, they're like, eh, do I want to wait a year or a year and a half or whatever it's going to take to get that $25,000 one? If I can get a $35,000 Model 3 instead, like there's, that, that is very good at creating demand. That's the very demand lever. 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 Yeah. Lever. All right, Carl in San Diego. Other manufacturers never claimed any profit margin. They won't drop. Uh, I mean... If they can't sell cars, they have to drop. Like even yeah, that's that's that, that's the thing. But it, it, but that's something to keep an eye on, though. With the big price drop from Tesla, is there going to be any? That's the question. Is there going to be any other automakers that are going to follow suit? That they're going to try to compete with that now? Going to keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it, you know, Elon has to know that like he's alienated a, a great deal of people. I wonder if he's just so confident. And that Tesla's ability to make a, a good car less expensive, a good EV at a much less, much smaller price than the competitors that he's like, eh, I'll, you know, I'll talk all the smack I want, but people aren't going to pay a $10,000 premium because they hate me. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but like, that's mm-hmm. something to think about. Uh, and of course, this is going to influence used markets, as Adam Wibley says. Yes, all of us lost a lot of money yesterday. All of us Tesla owners. Uh, Bolt price is already a desperation low price. No room to drop it. Chevy will raise. Uh, I don't think Chevy's going to uh, drop the price of the Bolt anymore. I mean, they can't even, it's hard to find one. There's like an eight-month waiting list. So, yeah, I think they'll probably raise uh, or do nothing because they don't care. Um, you know, I heard it. So, this is uh, at CES. I talked to somebody uh, at I think it was at, at the LG booth and he wasn't an LG employee, but he mentioned that part of the settlement for, uh, you know, the LG batteries catching on fire. Um, part of the settlement for that was that they would get inexpensive batteries for the rest of the bolts term from LG. And possibly that's why 
Chevy was able to to cut oh. the price of the Bolt. Um, just just remember that. I don't know if that's true or not. It was just some guy. I mean, that me. that price drop surprised a lot of people. Like we we didn't really know what that was coming from. So, and it, could, the battery is the most expensive part of the car. So, also, yeah. All right. Do you think price cuts will affect quality standards? Yeah, it would. It, uh, I mean, yeah, you have to give that to Tesla. Like all the all the thing you can smack them on about, like safety has been like a, a top one so in terms of quality requirements related to safety i wouldn't be really afraid about that now obviously tesla has had some qualities issue that are more aesthetic talking about the paint mainly uh so that may be yeah something to keep an eye on but i wouldn't be overly concerned about that all right question maximilian weiss uh would you rather have a p85 with ap1 and free supercharging for life or a new model S. oh I, I would rather have a new model s like yeah i mean free supercharging is real but i i guess that person doesn't like the latest autopilot there, there's uh, a group AP1, of, uh, yeah. of the, yeah there's a group of the sole owners that are like hardcore like autopilot one like they just they like the mobile of it yeah 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 so so, so, so that's an advantage for them. For me, it's not like I, I do like the latest versions of the pilot. So that's not the free supercharging is super good though. Uh, not. You know what? My main thing, my main thing personally is, and I, I have a P eighty five signature uh, is uh, the seats. The seats have improved tremendously mm. uh, since then. So uh, just that alone, like if you spend a lot of time in your car. And there's a no brainer. You you want the latest versions? Yeah, I would take the latest version unless I was like an Uber driver and that free supercharging saved me, you know, tens yeah. of thousands a year. Yeah, but I'm not. Uh, so Kyle Rash question: If used Model Threes get to around the new Bolt prices in coming months, which they're not, does Electric reconsider its Car of the Year award for last year? No. Like it is. Which would you pick if it happens? Uh, obviously, at the same price, I would pick a Model Three over a Bolt. Yeah, and, and and we were quite clear about that when we decided to do the Bolt Car of the Year. It's like half it's, the price right now, or last year. Yeah, half. Yeah, half the bolts. price. It's the best value for it. It has major caveat with uh, the charging capacity. Clear about that, but you can it if the goal is to have like a car with as little compromises as possible then the Bolt is the best value. There's no doubt about it. All right. Uh, for those safety reports, how many accidents were avoided by grabbing the steering wheel to prevent an accident? Are those reports misleading? Driving with autopilot is really not regular driving. That's a good point. Yeah. We, I we mean, Tesla has been accused of that before of like, uh, well, I mean, if... Does an autopilot turn without... off before yeah. an accident? So like how did yeah. it even ha register any accidents? Well, now I guess it's a bit different with the way that they are doing the data right now with where it's a Tesla vehicle with autopilot technology, then it doesn't matter if the autopilot is activated or not at the time of the accident. So with the new way that they are framing the data, I wouldn't be concerned about that. But yeah, I mean, there's been times where we had to just raise some highbrows in terms of uh, when Tesla saying that uh, there's an accident and you... It looks like an autopilot accident, but uh, but uh, Tesla claims that autopilot was not activated. You you could see a, a scenario where Tesla is saying that because like five seconds, three seconds, whatever before the accident, and just they turn it off. All right, we're an hour in. Let's kind of burn through these last ones. Uh, question: Do you think it makes sense for Elon's compensation package to be linked to ESG targets? That's the uh, environmental. No. Okay, moving on. No. I agree. Thoughts on the upcoming EV9? That's a Kia EV9. Seems to be the first $50,000 full-size SUV. Um, I'm very interested in it. Uh, I have a Rivian on order, Rivian ROS 1S. I'm also looking at the Volvo EX90. But this thing would be kind of a lower price point. Uh, I think that at $50,000, you're probably going to get a rear-wheel drive one or, or something not very exciting. To get to all-wheel drive, you're probably going to pay sixty or 70000 That said, uh you know, Kia knows how to make a good vehicle. We love the uh, EV6. Um, so, like, fantastic. Let's make it happen. And we've heard it's going to, we're going to get some more announcements, more news about it uh, this quarter. 
Uh, Nando Holtz on Tesla's site, if you take the base model three and look at the cost after potential gas savings. Okay. That's not, not anything. That's not accurate. <laughs> right. Uh, Mark Webb, one problem with the type of inverter that is used by Tesla is that they tend to install an inverter that has a significantly lower power kilowatts than the output kilowatts of the panels. This results in clipping. Well, that's that doesn't seem like a good idea. That's a waste of no. Uh, Tesla power. has two two different uh, capacity. I think at three point six and seven point two. I want to say. Yeah, and they'll, they'll and and they're stackable. Yeah, you could put five or six of them. Out there. Yeah. Uh, people are always biased depending on their perspective. Are you happy with lower prices? Depends on your circumstances. But one thing history has shown, and I am surprised no one seems to remember comma and then he doesn't continue okay i'm sure it was going to be a good comment yeah it looked like it was going to the an interesting direction yeah all right uh, i think we have a few more inflation normalization could be including the uncertainty that tesla had to build their prices when delivery dates were nearly a year out price increases had to factory possibility possibly higher inflation right so tesla was just uh, hedging uh and that's why they raised the prices so much and didn't want to lose but uh you could you could say that maybe it's a little bit of a stretch i think mm. uh all right that's pretty much it good because i was about to <laughs> and it's not because you guys desk. comments are not good you guys have great comments i'm just I'm just dead tired right now, uh, but I appreciate every single one of you watching right now. You're a true hero of ours, and uh, if you do enjoy the show, please uh, give us a, a like, a subscribe, uh, and all that good things. It's free to do, and uh, we appreciate uh, you when you do it. If you're listening on your podcast app right now, uh, I hope you're having a good time, and if you do, please uh, subscribe, and uh, if you can leave us a five-star review, that helps the show a lot. It's free to do. It takes about 30 seconds, and we read every single one of them, so we appreciate it. Uh, We're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one. Stay safe out there.